What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another exciting episode of Mixed Tag. Today, I have in my presence the one, the only, the current, reigning, defending Mixed Tag Jeffrey champion himself, Mr. Chris Sly. Chris, how you doing today? I am excellent, Keith. How are you doing? How's the tag gang doing? Tag Gang seems to be doing okay, and it's funny because I actually just realized I don't think I introduced myself. I think I just went right in and said, what's up, Tag Gang? Uh, I am the uh, the Wrestling Encyclopedia and three-time Indian Leg Wrestling Champion, Mr. Keith White. That's me. I'm not used to this. Jared's not here. This is Jared's thing, and so I'm just kind of still working on, you know, intros and things like that. Uh, but you know what, man? Um, everyone's been re- doing really well. Uh, last episode with Battle was really well received. We actually had a little hiatus, and Jared is going to be gone for a little bit, but uh, we hold it down with some various guests, including we got Mr. Chris Lye in the house, man, and we've got to get another Jeopardy game when Jared comes back. We just got it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have to win three times in a row. Oh, okay. 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 I got to be like, it's like the Chicago Bulls, you know what I mean? They, they had the, all that pressure on them to win three in a row when it, all, all the greats before them had done it. And, you know, all the greats before me haven't done it. But you are a great, and I want to be put on that mantle. This is a perfect time for that. And I took it personal, that, that meme, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's great to have you, man. Uh, we have a cool show today. Uh, I want to let everybody know, you know, of course, last week, you know, Battle and I talked about... Um, WrestleMania weekend, uh, the different situations going on with that. Um, and it got me thinking because we got to see Stone Cold Steve Austin return. And it was a really cool return. Um, he, you know, he showed up a couple times, gave us a good nostalgia pop. And, you know, it made me think what or who of the WWE superstars or the stars of AEW, which of those would have been successful in the Attitude Era. Yes, mm-hmm. this, this is gonna be this is gonna be one of those shows where we, you know, we just do some fantasy booking, some some internet wrestling love to our favorites, and uh, but I do think it's it's important to do. And who better to bring on for this episode than a guy who is so knowledgeable like you, Mister Chris Sly? Um, Chris, you are the guest of honor. Would you like to go ahead and start? off the show does chris jericho count because that would be my number one <laughs> Let, let's let's go for it give me your reasons well i mean I, I i laugh and jest because he was a big part of the attitude era now granted he was a much different personality and and wrestler uh then than he is now but i do still think he would succeed now one of the reasons i i consider chris jericho to be one of the all-time greats is the fact that he can adjust his gimmick and basically just just mold to whatever the crowd wants him to be. You know, it, it's he's he's fantastic in that way. He's always coming up with new stuff. He never relies on anything. Um, you know, I, I think when he went back to WWE, they were more the ones that were pushing the whole Y2J thing on him over and over and over again. But we see when he's left to his own creative devices toward the end of his WWE run as well as his AEW run that he can uh, adapt. And yeah, obviously he's slowed down a little bit in the ring, but he still gets the job done. And 
I think we saw in the Attitude Era with some of the not-so-great wrestlers, it was more about the personality than always. Not that, that there were they were all bad, like Shawn Michaels, obviously, an all-time great, uh, and, and some other, like the, the you know, cruiserweight division and that sort of thing. But some of the top stars of that time weren't the greatest wrestlers, especially in WCW. So, um, yeah, I, Chris Jericho, today's Chris Jericho, I think, would succeed. And we are talking Attitude Era. And so which, are you talking Monday Night Wars? I'm thinking Attitude Era, like specifically WWE, correct? WWE oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, and that's fine if, if we're putting them in the WWE show. I'm completely okay with Attitude Era WWE and him still succeeding. Let's do that because I think he would, of course. He's timeless. Uh, for me, man, my first guy I got to mention, I think this guy succeeds in any era of wrestling. And that's MJF. Mm. Uh, I, I think that MJF is timeless and he's classic and he studied the greats and, and he is a natural heel. And I don't think that his shtick goes bad in any era. You know, I think he borrows from all the greats. He's the modern day Roddy Piper. And we didn't get a heel Roddy Piper in the Attitude Era, but he could have easily, you could have easily seen him, you know, bothering. Stone Cold Steve Austin, antagonizing The Rock, torturing Mankind McFoley. Could you see? Could you see him as the early prototype Shane McMahon style son of Vince McMahon? I like that. Yeah, with with, with the better wrestling at the time, mm-hmm. you know, like just that bratty. You know, like it, it's easy. It's an easy transfer to make him, you know, a McMahon. Which he probably would have been at the time, to be really honest. They that they would have put him as a McMahon in that gimmick for sure. Um, you know, he probably he probably would have started his career with the Mean Street Posse, if we're being honest. Um, <laughs> but you know, but yeah, I could just see him just succeeding in that era and that time because of how he just translates and and crosses decades and you know, timeless, timeless, timeless character uh, that can succeed in any era. So. I have to go MJF. I could see MJF, you know, on the mic with Stone Cold. MJF, you know, being told it doesn't matter what you think when he tries to talk about being better. You know, do you think you're better than The Rock? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you just you just see this. You know, you could you could see him just really brutalizing and antagonizing. You know, when mankind was kind of like innocent and gullible, you there. There's so much booking that can write itself. And of course, he's going to be a main inventor. Let's be completely honest. He's been a main inventor in any era. So I got to go MJF. MJF's a great pick. Uh, the thing with MJF, too, like you said, it's just he's that natural heel. And even when he starts to be entertaining enough and he's over, I mean, he really is. He's over in AEW right now, right? And people cheer for him. He, like, he genuinely looks like he hates it, and he, he's constantly shooting it down. So, um, yeah, it'd be heel all the way for him, 100%. All right. Um, yeah, you got to give me somebody else, and you're right. And, and it's funny because think about he's he's turning face over CM Punk. Like There are shades of the Bret Hart, Steve Austin double turn here. Like it, it just It's amazing to me what he's doing and what he's showing the crowd because he's going up against Punk. You know, to get, right, to get, to get, to get, it's to get, craziness, and I, I, it, it, my, I guess my point was, even with all of that happening, 
Like I feel like he's just gonna push back against it. Like I don't I don't feel like he wants to turn face personally. Like Agreed. I like I feel like he just wants to be a heel forever. Agreed. Um, you know, I we keep sticking with AEW guys, and I, I promise I'll get to some WWE guys here. But uh, the shirt that I'm wearing, which you can't see, unfortunately. But John Moxley, man, like one of the thing about the things about John Moxley is that that persona he's carved out, like the crazed madman, violent type, like that that has always had a place in wrestling. From Abdullah the Butcher, you know, down through the Attitude Era with the Hardcore Division, uh, with Mankind, and but you know, John Moxley can like go in the ring, man. Like it's he he brings all of those elements on top of being extremely physically fit and and being very competent in the ring. Not that Mankind wasn't, or some of those older guys wasn't uh, weren't, but, uh, you know, I feel like they were limited in what they did. They were more putting their body through the harm to get where they needed to get versus being able to put on super great quality, just straight-up wrestling matches, uh, which I think John Moxley does bring with him. So... Obviously, you could put him in the hardcore division, but the same sort of thing. I'd kind of put him in that like mankind range. Like he could put himself through some some physical violence, but um, just with the fact that he can bring the wrestling aspect to it, almost reminds me of maybe like a like a like a like Triple H starting out. You know how he'd get into some of those wild matches with mankind as well, and he'd put his body through some stuff too. So uh, almost like a younger Triple H is what he reminds me of. I mean, just thinking about what you're talking about in my head, I've got, of course, you know, Mox can go with Stone Cold, but I've got, you know, Moxley in a brutal, bloody battle with Kane and Mm. Moxley and Raven and, you know, and and Moxley and Mankind, of course, Um, you know, just Moxley and Chainsaw Charlie, Terry Funk. How amazing would that have been back then? Oh, my gosh. Uh, You know, just (laughs) just to see these guys tear it down. Moxley and really underrated Big Boss Man, you know, like. That would have been a really cool ma- stylistic matchup to see. Uh, great pick, man. Great pick. Um, my next one for me, I'm, I'm actually going to stay away from WWE probably. So you do your thing, please. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I'm an AEW guy now, so but but there's a couple I got to mention. We we do. You're right, um, dude. I gotta I gotta toss in freaking Eddie Kingston. Could you imagine mm-hmm. Eddie mm-hmm. Kingston let loose on the Attitude Era? Like just Eddie Kingston reminds me, like I feel like Eddie Kingston could be like an ECW original that came over in the Attitude Era. Heck yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's a great, great analogy because he's totally just he's so unfiltered and uncensored, um, man. And, and we're pre Attitude Era. Like, could you imagine like Eddie Kingston versus the Loose Cannon Brian Pillman? <laughs> Like print the money, please, and just just take it away from me because I'm giving it away. Um, I mean, yeah, Kingston, Kingston's interesting too because yes, he can wrestle, but his promo work is just so passionate. Um, I've never seen anybody who can convey the realism that everything is a fight, like he does. He makes everything seem legit, and so that's another guy, right? Another another type of like a, a hardcore division, but, mm-hmm. but he also has the tools to kind of do whatever he wants. And it's kind of interesting now that I'm thinking about things. Um, and we'll have to save this for another time, but some of these guys, man, would, would have really thrived in the, um, the uh, ruthless aggression era, but that, that could be for another day. 
uh, attitude area is where we're going, and Eddie Kingston is my most recent pick. I, I do like the, the ruthless aggression shout out for him because, like you said, he would be that perfect transition guy. Like that was in the attitude era, but going into ruthless aggression, like still brings a lot of the the, the, the grittiness and, and, and the just downright brawling, uh, you know, in, in the ring. So I do like that. Could you could you imagine him breaking in John Cena, right? Like like he's oh guy, my gosh, right? Like, you know the verbal spouts they would get in the just the two big mammoth men just smashing into each other. Oh my goodness! And just saying you're like you know what have you done? What have you done in this business? Nothing, you know. Like what have you earned? You know, like I could just I could see it. Right, I got you. Uh, I'm not done with AEW, but I do have to mention this one guy in WWE. And man, I honestly am not that big a fan, though he's turned me a lot recently. And I feel like he's turned a lot of other people recently. Might be a controversial pick, but I got to say Roman Reigns. And hear me out on this, because I know he's kind of the face of the company right now. But the way they pushed him, the way they present him, the way he looks in the Attitude Era, I feel like now, you know, with the Tribal Chief as a heel, like he still gets, he has some people that still kind of cheer for him. I feel like he's 100% heel in Attitude Era. And just that super cocky, smug, like, can again, can go, in, can go in the ring, but has the look that WWE likes. That very much reminds me of heel rock with Roman Reigns. Not as much of the charisma, which is why you have the Paul Heyman with him, which obviously Paul Heyman fits real nicely in Attitude Era with him. but. Just like I said, the look, he, he looks like the corporate champion. And like I said, it's 100% heel. So instead of the kind of rock face turn that we got, where he naturally had that charisma that brought people to his side, Roman Reigns just stays on the heel side, 100%. I like that. And, and making, making him corp, you know, corporation or something, something where the acknowledge me is acknowledge me and acknowledge this company, right? Like acknowledge McMahon. Oh, right. that, I could just see that being amazing. Uh, dude, that's a great pick. Um, and I'm, I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, my next pick, um, these guys, these guys have, I feel like, a direct lineage to the Hardys. And I feel like the Young Bucks would have been the Hardys for that generation. So mm-hmm. I, could, I could easily see them sliding in with Edge and Christian, sliding in with the Dudleys. Um, and just and the Hardys, of course, and can't wait to see that match when it comes again. Um, but I think the Hardys, uh, the Young Bucks, would absolutely crush the tag team division. Uh, I you know I can see them doing work, good work with uh, the New Age Outlaws. Um, you know, having some fun uh, with Too Cool. So, you know, I I just uh, I can absolutely see the Young Bucks, you know, transitioning into the Attitude Era just just with their work rate. Right, I like that a lot. Um, so this might upset some people saying this uh, back to AEW, but I I think this guy succeeds, but I don't know if he makes it to the top of the mountain like he has in WWE. But that's Daniel Bryan, and the reason being in the Attitude Era, those small guys didn't always get over super well. You know, you did have a, here here and there, but like even with Rey Mysterio, that wasn't more until the Ruthless Aggression and Attitude Era. I feel like. He would have succeeded very well in that cruiserweight, but we're talking WWE. So they had the light heavyweight division. 
And maybe the light heavyweight division isn't as much of a joke with if you had guys like a Daniel Bryan because WCW had gobbled up all of the great cruiserweights. So if you put someone like a Daniel, not like Daniel, but Daniel Bryan himself, I mean, phenomenal wrestler, you know, just in that, that shorter, smaller stature. And yeah, maybe he competes here for an intercontinental or whatever, but I feel like it fleshes that division out a little bit. And like I said, maybe it's not the Taka Michinoku, you know, kind of joke that it was. I'm I'm into that. Um, and, and I think, especially like with your Philadelphia market and other places where, where no matter what the WWF did, wrestling's kind of still ruled the day. There were definitely markets that would still cheer for the guy who was technically sound. I mean, look at the career that, you know, that the hitman had. So I could totally see that happening. And yeah, I could see, you know, him doing well with some of those smaller guys and maybe, maybe getting, maybe he's the guy that goes to ECW for a little bit, kind of gets the borrowing. And um, did, did you just play a little, was that a, Okay. Yeah, I I had an alarm go off, and uh, it's it's John Cena time that's, when that alarm goes off. So that's what I thought. That's too good. Uh, we're gonna keep that in. Um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, I I love that pick. I'm I'm totally good with that, man. So like, yeah, if I'm thinking, you know, personally, if I'm thinking AEW, right? Uh, I have to go ahead and say that that they could have also you know, easily because of how much of a chameleon he is with his gimmicks. I, I feel like I feel like we could have had a Kenny Omega. Um, oh, you took my next one. I love Yeah, that. well then let's both talk about him then. Um for me, you know, he's able to kind of like weave in between gimmicks and really blend styles. But where I think things would have changed for him would have been because we have to remember and people forget Shawn Michaels missed most of the attitude era. You know, like he he had his back injury, he dropped the title. So the matches that we got that were like classics were done with the Steve Austin, you know, different uh style of match. Like they weren't five star classics. But if he had the chance to do those matches, you know, he'd have an Owen Hart to wrestle. Um I just think that I just think that Kenny Omega is the type that can just evolve in any style. So I could easily see him in the Attitude Era. What's your reasoning? I mean, I, I, I'm right there with you. It's, you know, again, smaller stature, but but like you said, the, um, the how he can change himself, kind of like what I was talking about with Chris Jericho, uh, is phenomenal. You know, great talker, phenomenal in-ring. It's just the total package. Again, does he get to the very top of the mountain because of his stature? Maybe not. But he's he's 100% going to succeed on, on the mid card. He probably proves himself enough to at least be in that conversation on the upper card. Um, and like I said, you could, you could put him in, in matches with a Daniel Bryan, um, or, you know, anybody like a Bret Hart, uh, anybody, Shawn Michaels, and get phenomenal matches, yeah. uh, which you still need, <clears throat> regardless of what the top card, uh, top of the card is. If the entire show is just crappy wrestling, no one's going to watch. So you got to have those those standouts. I mean, what are we talking about? You know, years later, are we talking about Macho Man and uh, and the Dragon, or are we talking about the main event? And you know, it's that 
both are mentioned, but that's the match that everyone looks at and goes, wow, this was the greatest match on WrestleMania for a long time, you know? Um, and Kenny Omega would have brought that for sure. And I can't disagree with that. And it's just cracking me up now. We're going to stick the attitude era, but, but good Lord, we could, we could make the case for Kenny Omega for the, for the um, ruthless aggression era, especially with the guys that were involved. And Nick Aldis was on our show recently, and he actually mentioned the fact that right now, for the most part, like wrestling's a lot more inclusive because the average wrestler is like five foot ten and one hundred and ninety pounds. Right. Um, so I I think that Omega, because if you think about Jericho became a main eventer, you know, debuting Monday Night Jericho, he would have been a cruiserweight in WCW, but the WWF saw fit to give him that star rub. So I could easily see you know Omega at least working his way there, um, but the WWF for a long time, of course, did not necessarily care about your five-star match capability. They didn't care about Meltzer. They didn't care about any of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, nice nice pick, though, man. Um, this is where I'm going to start to struggle a little bit uh, in, in ways because I feel like AEW, you know, has, has had guys who are just, you know, so new that and, and there's such a difference in some ways. Um, but for me, I have to go ahead and say that I could easily see in several different roles. I feel like Dr. Britt Baker is, okay. is one of those stars who, if she would have been, you know, if she would have been a, a, a women's wrestler, she would have been fantastic. If she would have been a valet, she would have been fantastic. Her mic skills and just her, her ability to get over. Plus also, if you think about it, man, new generation style, she has already has a built-in gimmick. You know, it could have been Isaac Yankum DDS and with his valet, <laughs> Dr. Dr. Britt Baker. Oh Lord. <laughs> D- that, that doesn't get over so well, I don't think. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> yeah. But she but she is just she is just a, a a magnet for for star power. So um I wanna hear where are you going next, brother. You, you literally like you're you're right there with me because the very next person I was going to mention was going to be my first female wrestler as well, and so you kind of you went there right as I was going there. So, but I, I was going to go to the WWE side, and I <clears throat> really do feel like she's been one of the linchpins holding that division together, especially with Becky Lynch being gone. But Sasha Banks, Sasha Banks is amazing in the ring, amazing mic skills. Like you said, could have done any. She could have been in the ring wrestling, or she could have been a valet, um, you know, with a tag team, whatever. But could you imagine, like, in that attitude era, the big two names, obviously, you had a lot of other ones, smaller names, but the big two are Trish and Lita. I just imagine throwing in, you know, you also had Stone Cold and The Rock, and when Stone Cold was hurt, you had The Rock and Triple H. Um, or, or or mankind was in there. Like mankind was a, a stopgap a lot of times. I almost feel like Sasha Banks could have been like that mankind stopgap when it was between the Rock and, and Triple H, the Rock and Stone Cold. Like mankind would kind of be there to take the title to create a little bit of you know friction, and then get, he's there sometimes for you know a, a, a triple threat, and sometimes it's literally just a. So those guys aren't always facing each other. And it could be the same thing here. So it wasn't Lita and Trish just always facing each other. You had that Sasha Banks come in, take the title, hold it for a couple months, drop it back so those two could go back into their program. But I feel like she would have been 
right there with them. Obviously, again, you're, she's not a top two, but I put her in that, like I said, that kind of mankind role. Not not obviously taking the punishment, but I mean, like, like uh, for holding the title. Yeah, and that, and that's a good one, man. Um, and it's interesting because we talk about like the Attitude Era and and just the match card and how how matches were laid out, the difference that it would be versus now. Um, so she would she would definitely have to kind of fight to be seen, but she's the type of person where her star power is just undeniable. So I could easily easily see that going on. Very nice. Um, so my last one because I'm you know drawing blanks, and you can certainly you know if you had extras, please go ahead. But my last one that I want to talk about is on the WWE side, and that is the man who fought Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think Kevin Owens, Kevin Steve. I hate Steve. you so much, Keith. That was my yeah. last one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can we say? Like, he's got the mic skills. He's got the, the um, he's got, so do you remember his last man standing match with, uh, with Roman Reigns? Oh, my God, yes. That, to me, like, that could have been, that could have been, rock and mankind like he could you could throw him in as either the rocks character or mankind and and he fits like a glove um you know he he has was was bestowed the stunner out of good faith like that's how Im- impressive he is to the wwe brass and he can just he can carry the microphone he can carry i feel like he can carry a company i feel like he's an unsung hero and i feel like also you could have had him just as easily be the boss man with Al Snow, like killing the dog, or the boss man, uh, you know, bothering uh, the you know the Big Show at his father's funeral. Um, you know, I just I feel like he could have been so many different things in the Attitude Era, uh, and very entertaining, great work rate. Once again, we talk about the whole size situation, but he's a bigger guy, so um, you know I I could easily 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 see him succeeding in the attitude era just based on his on his mic skills alone especially right and the same sort of thing with like you know with everyone talked about vader being as big as he was but super athletic and it's kind of the same thing with kevin owens we see him do you know with with his size still doing things off the top rope and um again great in-ring worker phenomenal on the mic very much a chameleon like you said could fit in a lot of different roles i mean it's man i i literally have three favorite wrestlers of all time. It's Stone Cold, CM Punk, and Kevin Owens. Like those are my top three. Uh, if I needed a fourth, I'd have to really think about it. But those are easily my top three. So I'm a hundred percent with you. Like I said, I was going to end on Kevin Owens as well. Um, I guess I, I I don't really have much to add to that. So I could give maybe an honorable mention to a CM Punk, uh, just because again, great on the mic. Uh, I feel like again he would be very much the heel in that. Um, in that generation, especially because, I mean, think about it. During that time, he was do- doing indies. He wasn't found yet uh, during the Attitude Era. And he was very much this, he, uh, what do you call it, talked up the straight edge thing. And during the Attitude Era, when you have Stone Cold drinking beers and you have CM Punk coming in with the whole straight edge gimmick. And I and I mean, that's his life. It's not really a gimmick. That's That's him. So I feel like he could very much be that heel. But I said straight edge heel. Uh, he's better than everybody else. Uh, and again, I don't, I don't know if he hits the top of the card with the size again, even though he's one of my favorites of all time, but he, he definitely is in that intercontinental mix. I feel like for sure. And he could probably could have been the top heel on that, on that second card. More and more books, you know, everyone who has a tell all book and, and, or, you know, a dirt sheet style book, 
but more and more there are books that have talked about that it was supposed to be Bret Hart and Hulk Hogan. Uh, you know, I think it was SummerSlam '93. I want to say they were supposed. You know, they even did like the promo where they were playing tug of war with the world championship, and that Hogan Hogan said that he didn't want to face Hart because he felt like size wise, realistically, it wouldn't look like a real fight, which cracks me up because you know you you understand jujitsu. You understand that, like you know, that the size doesn't matter a lot of times for wrestling based, you know, getting stretched. So it just does crack me up how like the size is the issue, and the size is the limiting factor that we talk about with the Attitude Era, uh, based on the fact that there were still a bunch of giants. Um, given that, my honorable mention, because I feel like Vince McMahon could not keep his hands off this guy, is Wardlow. Mm. Uh, that, that, that's mm-hmm. my last honorable mention. Now he's a he's a He's a, a clay, piece of clay that can be molded because he could have been he could have been revealed to be like the higher power, you know, in the ministry. Um, you know, he could have been he could have been a lot of things. Uh, you know, he could have been an insurance policy. Uh, he and, and we I could have seen him go up against a lot of people. To, you know, he, I don't want to compare him to Brock Lesnar because I think that's unfair. But I feel like just his size and his athleticism, he could have been kind of. Te, you know, pegged as the next big thing before we got Brock, um, just because he he just has that look to him, and of course there are the comparisons to Batista because there's a little bit of a resemblance in ways, but I just feel like his size combined with the fact that he can wrestle so good, his mic skills I, we don't know, right? He does he hasn't proven himself at all on the mic, but Vince McMahon loves size, so he would have looked at you know the big bastard, and would have snatched him up quickly in the attitude era and done something with it. And again, it's not always, especially in WWE, it's not all about mic skills. Cause look at Brock Lesnar. He wasn't very good on the mic. They put Paul Heyman with him. They let him talk a little bit. He was okay. Um, but I mean, look at him today. He's still probably their biggest, if not one of their biggest draws, you know, it, it, it's not all about mic skills in WWE. Because we're touting a lot of these guys with mic skills. And yeah, you did have some of the top guys like Austin and, and Rock that could talk. But let's be honest. Everyone loves Undertaker. Was he the best on the mic? Like, he, it was more his presence and his R and his size. Like, his mic skills were okay, but they, they weren't Austin or Rock. And it's interesting you mentioned that, too, because you mentioned Roman Reigns. And Reigns got better on the mic once they loosened him up a little bit with the Tribal Chief. Because you can tell his promos are a little less scripted now than they were before. You can hear it with his delivery. You can hear he doesn't mess words up. You know, does that make sense? Like, you know, yeah, like he's not trying to think about, oh, what am I supposed to say next? It's more like, hey, you're the tribal chief. This is kind of where I, again, this is me guessing, but they're telling him instead of exact words to say, because as a, as a face, they probably want you to say certain things so you can hit certain marks or whatever. But like you said, as a as a heel, it's just, hey, you're the tribal chief, and we kind of want you to go in this general dire- direction, but just you know, piss the crowd off. And, and so they kind of just let him do his thing. I, I feel bullet points, absolutely. The very last thing I'm going to say too is I could have also seen uh, Kevin Owens hilariously just doing a great job with the hardcore division. Oh, oh my goodness! Yeah, like you said, the the, the fun thing about Kevin Owens is. Again, one of one of the reasons is one of my favorites is he can he could you could have put him in so many different roles during the attitude. 
he could have taken the Mick like if there was no Mick Foley, he could have been the Mick Foley. Like he like we've seen him take some crazy outrageous bumps in WWE like PG like today. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine the type of bumps he'd take then. Could you imagine God rest his soul, could you imagine Kevin uh Kevin Owens and Owen Hart feud on who's more Canadian? Oh my <laughs> <laughs> So I mean just so many unlimited possibilities. And that's what we that's what we love being fans. We love being able to do this kind of stuff to kind of think of the what if. We've had some really good shows on this show just based on that. Uh, shout out, by the way, to Dr. Philip Reese from History's What If Podcast. He's been on the show a few times and has always brought the fun with our revisionist history. Um, but that's about right going to do it for, uh, for Mixed Tag. We're wrapping things up. Before we go, uh, Mr. Sly, do you have anybody else you want to add or anything else you'd like to say? A little parting parting words, sir. Uh, I mean, no. I, what is kind of crazy when you when you look at the list of active wrestlers today, and there, there are a lot that were around during the Attitude Era that are still going, man. Like We talked about Chris Jericho, obviously, but when you look at like the Hardy Boys and Brock Lesnar and, you know, just the Goldberg has come back quite a few times and when you think about the these guys kind of lasting in the business, it's it's kind of crazy to see Edge, Edge, you know, Christian. Um, it'll be interesting to see because again, we're we're very much in a younger era, and we have some of these older guys back. Where are we going to be twenty years from now? Like, are you know some of these younger guys are they going to be sticking around? Because the reason some of these guys lasted was more of their aura. And not so much their wrestling, partly like Edge, partly you know, but a lot of them were just huge names. So I, it's just curious. So the guys that rely on the their their wrestling ability and their youth now, can they build up to a point where twenty years from now we're talking about oh they could you know they could wrestle then? So great point to make, and also there's a point to say like impre- we had to be impressed by the ones who are from that era. Because that era was one of a lot more dates and a lot more abuse and a lot of concussions and just overall damage to your body, mind, and spirit that wrestling today has kind of learned from. So the fact that they're still around is definitely uh, a testament to some staying power in some respects, absolutely. Still around in wrestling, right? Like you said, you look at the list of people that wrestled in that era and they're I mean, unfortunately, a lot of them have passed away. It's right. crazy, like, and they passed away super young. So, yeah, it's it it is uh, it is saying something for sure. This is what we love. This is why we love it. Uh, we are pro wrestling fans, and so I urge everybody: if you're listening to this episode and you feel like we've missed people, please jump on our Twitter at mixed underscore tag, or send us an email mixedtagshow at gmail dot com. Let us know who we missed. Let us know what you liked. Let us know what you didn't like from the Wrestling Encyclopedia and three-time Indian Leg Wrestling Champion, Mr. Keith White. We had our good friend of the show, Chris Sly, on today. This has been another episode of Mixed Tag, and we are out.